Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your life. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful in what they do or extremely positive minded in the way they live their daily lives, those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. Stay tuned for today's guest. Our guest today, Dave Moore, is the co-founder of The Circle Society. The Circle Society is a nonprofit organization that has arguably created the perfect environment for elderly, children leaving the foster care system, and homeless dogs. How was this possible? How can someone create such an environment of three completely separate entities, each with their own array of unique challenges, and make them all work together? Well, Dave Moore is here to tell us how he's doing just that. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time. It really means a lot to me. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. President CEO of a uh, company called Vigilant Global Trade Services, and we are kind of like the back-end, day-to-day trade compliance team for typically large international companies. And I also have a nonprofit, and it's called the Circle Society, and that is basically building a community here in Cleveland for kids that have aged out of foster care into a community of senior citizens who are their life coaches. And then to help the life coaches and the youth bond, they have the opportunity to foster a dog and train it up and then uh, adopt it out to its forever home to help kind of that initial bonding between the senior and the youth. Okay, so let's talk about that. It's a community. So um, we're right now basing it out of Fairhill Partners. How much hands-on do you have with the with the project. There is an executive director and he kind of does most of the day-to-day stuff as we grow. I definitely want to get more hands on it down the road as we as we grow. I kind of had an idea and through some connections I got paired with another guy who had a very very similar idea so we're kind of the co-founders of of the Circle Society. Very cool and are there other Circle Societies in the world or is this the only one? Um, It's the only one that we know of uh, and the idea of this is it's actually a social enterprise so it'll have uh, we're trying to build some businesses underneath it that can support and sustain the nonprofit. So we don't always have to fundraise for you know, year after year after year, or at least for every you know for all of it. Hopefully, this will subsidize part of it. And then we'd also like to replicate this circle society idea in other parts of the country and other parts of the world. How so? Well, so if we have the model right, and if it's sustainable with the social enterprise piece of it, we can sort of like give someone the blueprints to it and then they can go create one in their neighborhood okay. and in another neighborhood and so on. Does it have any effect on the neighborhood itself? I think so. I mean, it's uh, like a positive, very positive impact. The life coaches then, you know, help support and teach them uh, essentially kind of acting as grandparents in a way, teaching them, you know, right and wrong and teaching them how to open a checking account, te- helping them enroll in school, just all these things that they need support with because they really don't have anybody also teaching them how to be uh, a good neighbor so like shoveling other people's walks mowing other people's lawns you know just generally taking care of picking up trash just being a, a, a good citizen how many children how many I guess citizens are part of this uh, right now we're pretty small okay. so we're we're kind of getting our feet on the ground and and one of the things we don't want to do is have a lot of children and then end up not being able to have it funded 
uh, and then we have to let them go. Building the building blocks right now, and uh, so you know policy and procedures and kind of our, our plan of attack of how we're going to integrate these these different groups, and also we developed a, a trauma trauma training. So a lot, most of these kids are pretty much all of them have a form of PTSD and to understand how to deal with people who have gone through trauma is uh, not always so straightforward. We want to, we, we're building the program to include the trauma training as well. The children that are currently involved have some sort of PTSD. I would say if you were ripped away from your parents in one way or another, that sounds pretty traumatic. Yeah. And then that's yeah. probably the tip of the iceberg. So, I mean, I'm sure that's not the case for all the kids. You know, they, they, they probably had a, a rougher uh, childhood than I had growing up, for sure. You know, whenever we hear some kind of tragedy in, in the news, right, some kind of shooting or some kind of crazy massacre, right, the media likes to... S- likes to immediately say, um, you know, they had some kind of mishap when they were a child or they were bullied as a kid. So these children that you work with, do you ever have that kind of fear? Or do you do you have to give them, you know, extra attention and extra love to make sure that they feel loved and that, you know, they don't go haywire one day? Is that, is that something you're, you're concerned about? We definitely want to want people to come into our community who are driven, who want to succeed, who want to um, have a future for themselves. And I mean, if they're, if they have a a mental illness, they're probably not a good fit for our program. So these aren't kids that are like on the verge of snapping. You know, I think there's a fairly large misconception about foster kids out there that they're all criminals and they're all, you know, causing havoc. That's not the case. Um, I I think there are some, but there are some kids and that aren't in foster care that are like that, right? Right. So I, I think um, uh, maybe, hopefully, this will change the perception of people coming out of foster care as well. So when you turn 18, they basically throw you a birthday party. You have your cake, and then you they give you a big plastic garbage bag, and you put all of your stuff into it, and they say goodbye, and you wow. walk, you walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some um, places where they can go temporarily. Um, around but there's no real good place a lot of them end up homeless and there's a bunch of statistics on that uh, how many people aging out of foster care become homeless and it's a really scary high number Um, so why are there not more institutions like this organizations like this that's a great question i mean it's funny right like we spend a whole bunch of time and money helping these kids along that don't have the the right home life which for the majority of it's not their fault it's that you know their their parents have the issue so for no fault of their own, they're put through this program, I guess, to help them get through childhood, and then they just drop you off. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and I know there's money involved, but also if you look at all the money that's spent on the kids after they turn 18 through like homelessness, early pregnancy, drugs, crime, imprisonment, if you add up those dollars, they, they're a lot higher than to put a lot more circle societies out there. The local foster cares in the community, do they do they know about you guys? Like, how do you go about pitching this idea to them? Um, yeah, we're in touch with Cuyahoga County, Geauga County, and, and some others, and that's, and for, for us right now, that's, that's plenty. There's kids aging out of foster care every day. There's not a shortage of supply, that's for sure. Dealing with the kids, what, what has been the biggest struggle so far? I mean, you know, kids in general can be a challenge. <laughs> True. This is a whole new kind of... Yeah. Um, I would say it's been it's been rewarding and challenging. I would say follow up, <laughs> consistency. The people that you have, you know, part of your team that help you 
um, oversee this whole project, how do you how do you find these people? Are they do they have to have certain qualifications? Are they teachers? Are they doctors? Are they? They're typically senior citizens. You know, I think if you look back at um, who most of these kids feel safe with or would go to in time of trouble, it was a grandparent, aunt or an uncle or someone like that. Anyone that that um, can show love and help give them guidance and help lift them up to be a, a great citizen, those are sort of the qualifications. Wow, so you kind of you kind of looked at a situation in life itself, right? Children coming out of a foster care setting would generally go to someone older, if they have someone older. Yeah, in life. typically, yeah. So what you did was you created an environment where you could bring them to them. Okay, I see, that's very cool. I went to a nursing home and I saw people just like sitting around waiting to die and they have their life, you know, they, they're healthy, their their brain is functioning great and they're just sitting around waiting to die and all that wisdom and all, all that time and energy is being wasted. And then I went to a residential treatment center. I just, saw, it was crushing. I saw just, they lacked love, time, and attention. And so I thought, well, wait, if they lack love, time, and attention, and the seniors have all of that. It's a perfect match. Why not just put those populations together? Now, granted, it was it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be to do that. You know, and then add the dogs in for the, kind of the, the glue and the bonding of the two until they kind of have some other common things that they can build a relationship off of. So how does that work? I know that there's three aspects to making this a successful project. There's the, the, the children, the, the elderly, and the, the pets, the dogs. Mm-hmm. How does that work? How, does, how do you incorporate all of them? How do you get all three parts to work together? Uh, so through the, uh, through the counties, that's where we get the kids aged out of foster care. In the community, just uh, word of mouth. Uh, a lot of churches, community centers, those those are people that are interested in volunteering and being the life coaches. And then the pets are have a relationship with Canine Lifelines, and they're a rescue organization. And so they would we would basically foster the dogs from that organization, and then when they're ready to get adopted out, they would be adopted out through that organization. So they just kind of they just kind of plug into our program. Going back to the kids, is mm-hmm. this a long-term thing for them or is this like a stepping stone, like a bridge to kind of go into adulthood? So great question. Uh, a lot of these programs that you hear, they're like, okay, this is a six-month program or a two-year. We don't have that at all because every child is different. It's going to be on their own timeline. So they can stay as long as they want. And if they leave, they're always welcome to come back anytime. Just like it would be if you were leaving your parents' house, you could come back to it. Hey, I tried something. It didn't work. Hey, I got to come, you know, sleep in the basement for a week or two or a month or whatever uh, to come back. So we, we try and show them that there are all these great aspects of life that you might want to engage in that you would want to leave at some point, but we're not pushing them out. I mean, there's got to be something that you've taken away, <laughs> working with the kids, working with the dogs and the elderly, seeing the whole process. Working in the nonprofit world was a huge eye-opener from working in the for-profit world. A lot more frustrating, a lot more hurry up and wait. I would say on the positive side, we have a saying that uh, at the Circle Society that love is practiced here. Understanding the power of, of love and, and when it's shared with others in a helping way. That's super powerful when those those two things come come together. Successes, what has been the biggest success working with the kids? Has there been like one kid that has really grown and really excelled? Uh, yeah, one kid, I think in particular, <clears throat> pretty cool story. Through the foster care system, he was kind of a forgotten kid. He was just kind of a quiet kid in his, in his, in his own way. And then when he got out, he got into a house state and did a summer internship at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, 
and he helped write the code to put a satellite up in space. Wow. Now he just graduated from Ohio State and is going to OU to help them in a program. I think it's a, a master's program where he's actually going to help them put a satellite up in space. How cool is so, that? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool story. That That's a life that could easily have just gone a different direction. And so do you have a personal relationship with any of the kids? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all of sure. them? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All of them. It's really cool to build a relationship up with someone, a younger person who's not your child, right? And so right. it's, it's, it's a very, it's a eye-opening thing. It's like, oh my gosh, like I can love someone else other than my children, which is, right. which is kind of cool. Right. So how long has the, has the Circle Society been going on now? Uh, we're in our third year. Third year. Yeah. So in the next three to five years, what has to happen for you to come away feeling very good about what, what's going on over there? I would say that if we had 30 to 35 youth in our program at, with a number of graduates, uh, I don't know if I want to call them graduates, but, but have left the, the Circle Society, that would be amazing. And then hopefully at that point, we're starting a couple other Circle Societies in other, in other cities whether that's us starting more of them or if it's us kind of giving the blueprints to somebody else to start them, it doesn't matter to me. It's just, I think it's a real need in the community and I just want to see more of them. You, you don't want it to get big. You want it to stay small and real hands-on. Yeah, so I think if you go into a community and you overwhelm it with, um, uh, with the Circle Society, I think it'll change the community because I think there's inherent value of the community being a, a normal community. And so you don't want to lose that, right? So it's like, okay, well, we're going to be in this community and after we hit a certain number, let's just keep it at that number and then start another one in a different community. From the start, was there any pushback? Was there any adversity? Oh, I was laughed at. Really? <laughs> yeah. What were people saying? Um, they just didn't think it was a good idea. Um, they thought it was a stupid idea. I heard uh, it was funny. I mean, that stuff is okay for me because it just motivates me. And the way to, what I usually say is they're telling me it's a, it's a silly idea or it won't ever work because they couldn't get it to work or they wouldn't be able to get it to work. I just like, well, I can and I will. So. And you were convinced because you already had the plan laid out or because you were just so motivated to make change into it was a multi-win solution so the seniors are having a more fulfilled life the kids coming out of foster care now have support uh to help become successful adults and obviously the the dog thing is is really cool a, a cool bonding piece i mean i'm a dog i'm a dog guy so right. um so you know you mentioned it's a multi-win situation right it's a win-win-win is there any loss at all is there anything that can go wrong <laughs> yeah, there's tons of stuff that can go wrong. Really? Yeah, of course. I mean, people are people are unpredictable, and mm -hmm. even I mean, raising children, which is and being a part of other people's lives, is can always be tricky. But is it better just to sit back and not do anything, or do you live life and get involved and make it happen? I, I don't. Like, it doesn't seem like sitting back and not doing anything is a is a very good alternative. Right. I like that. Do you ever wake up? and you're turned off by the whole project. You're like, ah, oh, I'm not I'm not digging this anymore and, and you want it to back out? We've had some bumps in the road, for sure, that have been frustrating and annoying and you know, it slows you down. That's life. I mean, that, that's what happens. I mean, that 
what happens in in pretty much everyone's life at one time or another or in any business right you go through cycles the nice thing is one of the things that i truly believe is that you are who you surround yourself with and i've surrounded myself with amazing amazing people if i'm having a down day my friend is like hey you know i got your back on this and and vice versa and that's very contagious so yeah sometimes i get up and i'm like oh gosh i gotta go deal with something i don't want to deal with but i know it's for a greater good and like yep let's look at the big picture come on let's you know get some motivation get a cup of coffee make it happen and how do you find your circle of people that motivate you is that you know is that like a lifelong process where you pick and choose different people to have with you yeah i think you know people that send off a good a good energy vibe and that are positive people I, i heard a saying the other day that i like to surround myself with people that have a really big windshield and a really small rear view mirror okay what do you mean by that <laughs> it took me a minute too but but they're always looking for the next thing and like what's out there like oh this vast horizon there's all these cool things i could do yeah i remember i learned some stuff from the past but i'm not going to look in the rearview mirror and that's not going to hold me back right i'm going to look towards the future you know obviously taking lessons from the past but not letting that hold you back for moving forward i don't like to surround myself with people that are always talking about oh well this happened to me and this happened to me and i failed here i failed here so i'm probably not going to succeed in this next one that i'm going to try like you know it's like hey those failed but that's behind us now let's move on Right. Let's move forward. Right. Do you love what you do? And what's the most rewarding thing about it if you do love what you do? I love learning and and I get to learn at the Circle Society. I get to learn at my other job and I get to learn in life. It's a very fulfilling life. What advice would you have for someone else based on everything that you've learned? What advice do you have someone who might not necessarily love what they do or they're not involved in some kind of organization like this that's so rewarding? They wake up in the morning and they're just they're not enthused about what they do. What advice would you have to offer them? I would say you got to carry your own bag. It's your life. You got to carry your own bag. You got to make the experience what you want it to be. And no one's going to do that for you. Sitting around waiting for someone to show you a great idea. Eh, it's not going to work. You're, all, you're just going to stick to your, your schedule, your day-to-day job. And, and that's okay for some people, I suppose. But don't complain about it. <laughs> Either do something about it or don't complain about it, right? That's that's the thing that I think is frustrating to me. It's like, oh gosh, I have to sit in traffic again today and I have to do this. Like, okay, fine, change your, like the, the, the world is your, is your oyster. Get out there. And, and, and I would say some people have a hard time saying, well, I don't know what I like. Well, try stuff, right? Get involved. Maybe, you know, put yourself out there, be a little vulnerable. Take some chances. Join a club. Everyone's interested in something. You know, if, even if you think it's small or insignificant, maybe you like flowers for instance, I don't know why I picked that, um, then maybe you could get a job at a florist or start your own florist company or volunteer at a hospice and take care of their plants. Or, I mean, there's just, just the list goes on and on. You just have to be a little deliberate and think through and maybe talk with your friends about, hey, what do you like? Well, I was kind of thinking about this. So the people that feel like that for a long time, I have friends that, that had, had, they had a rule. It was that if I didn't jump out of bed and excited to go to work seven out of 10 days in a row, then I had to quit, quit their job or find a new job. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was a pretty linear thing. So yeah, and that's that's pretty extreme, but um, the guy that I'm talking about has a pretty interesting life, so. 
I gotcha. I think uh, for your Monday morning listeners, I think having a really strong, positive attitude and surrounding yourself with like-minded people like that, that are, have strong, positive attitudes is a huge step in the right direction. People that aren't happy or aren't successful sometimes will want to bring you down with them. And that negative energy just strips strips the energy out of the out of the room and out of the conversation and it doesn't keep you motivated and uplifting so and how can people learn more about the circle society how can they get involved if they're interested the best way is to go to thecirclesociety.org you can fill out a web form there or you can email at info at thecirclesociety.org as well dave thank you so much for taking the time i really appreciate it thanks for having me this is great each episode here on the maverick mondays podcast is about 30 minutes long. At the end of each episode, we briefly recap and highlight some of the important points discussed. What really struck me in my conversation with Dave Moore was Dave looked at a flawed system. Children weren't being properly cared for after foster care. Healthy, elderly men and women were just sitting around waiting to die. And against all odds, Dave and his partner and their team took the necessary steps to create an environment as well as a working system that continues to bring love, happiness, and purpose to the lives of those who may need it most. Here are some great takeaways from our conversation. One, love is powerful. When love is shared with others in a healthy way, that power is unparalleled. Two, take adversity, ignore it, or let it motivate you to show everyone how you can and will. Three, it's better to live life and get involved with people and good causes than to just sit back and do nothing. Four, you are who you surround yourself with. Make those people really good ones. Five, try stuff, see what you like. And six, a strong positive attitude is a huge step in the right direction and will ultimately help you get rid of all the negative energy you may be facing. The next step is for you to do your part. If you truly want to grow and become the best version of you, and yeah, I mean the best version of you, listen to each episode of the Maverick Mondays podcast once, twice, maybe even three times. Pull out a pen and paper or your phone or your laptop and take notes. These are real life lessons that will pull you out of some of the most unmotivating Mondays. Thank you for joining us.